Hey, look at that. A win. We're all stunned. Well, we got two things out of it. The kid line and Devin Levi. I want to get to both of them when we come back. You're on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started five to three sabers over the kings i told you when i was going through my sneaky parlay before the game although i did not hit it because rasmus dalin didn't score but i told you the sabers are weird this year they're gonna lose to the worst team one of the worst teams in the league in anaheim they're gonna come back they're gonna beat a struggling team that's pretty good in the la kings and that's exactly what happened a lot to get to from this game a Tremendous performance from the Sabres. Kid line, the Legion of Zoom. Also, Devin Levi, back between the pipes. A little bit of an up-and-down game, but I was impressed. And I got some numbers on Levi that I want to get to as just a, a look check-in on how his season is going since he hasn't really played in a while until this game. And then a look at the playoff race, which in one game can kind of sound like it's suddenly closer than you think because this is what the Sabres do. They win a game, and then we or they lose a game, and we say, oh, they're over. the season's over. And then they win a game, and we go, well, guys, they're only a five-game win streak from getting back in it, and then inevitably they lose the next game because this team is still looking for its first win streak beyond two games in a row of the entire damn season, which has got to be historic that it still hasn't happened for a team that's not like in last place. So we'll get to that in the third segment of today's show. Check us out on our text line. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Sabers. You can sign up there, and then you can be a part of our group chats during games, except for these super late games. I mean, a 1045 start. I mean, come on. You know, even if I didn't work in the mornings, I was never going to be up for that. 1045. Do we really need an Anze Kopitar ceremony to delay the game an extra 20 minutes? The guy's not even retired yet. He's still out there playing. Maybe we save the ceremonies for when he's done playing someday, Los Angeles. I don't know what they were doing with that. But great player. He scored in the night. Looked good. So, you know, I'm not just, I'm not criticizing him. Just weird decision to have a, a ceremony for him in the middle of the season. And as I'm saying that, I didn't see this. It's not his thousandth game, right? He would have he would have cruised past that years ago. Um I should have checked because I just assumed it's not his thousandth game. Yeah, it was his 1300th and 37th game. So I, it, I, it wasn't a milestone as far as I as far as I know. Anyways, before we get into the game, your Sabres droughtology fact of the day. How many days has it been since the Buffalo Sabres were in the playoffs? 4,657 days since the Sabres last played in a playoff game. The longest stretch in NHL history between playoff games for one franchise. Today's droughtology fact of, fact of the day, Britney Spears had two songs, two songs in the top 40 the last time the Sabres were in the playoffs. That's how long it's been. 
Britney Spears had two songs, not one, but two in the top 40. She had a whole album out. That's how long ago it was. Uh, it's been pretty much inactive uh, as a musician anytime since. Now it's just documentaries and stuff. So what happened last night? If you went to bed, maybe you watched the re- the highlights back after, maybe like me, you watched the condensed version of the game. The Sabres do get the win, and had you stayed up or tried to stay up, you might have given up on it because it looked like a typical Buffalo Sabres hockey game this season where within three minutes of the game beginning, there's the other team to take the lead, an early lead. Kopitar scored two minutes and 55 seconds into the game. J.J. Paterka did answer immediately after, but 23 seconds after Paterka scored his 15th of the year, there's Adrian Kempe to get a goal. And then four minutes after that, there is Pierre-Luc Dubois to make it 3-1. to one. All three of the top line forwards for the Kings all scored a goal in the first 10 minutes of the game. So we are now, for lots of Sabre fans who would have tried to stay up, you know, not even halfway through the first period. And they're already down 3-1 to a good team that is known for their defensive prowess. So if we've watched the Sabres this year, we know how they operate when they get down early. Teams play the trap, the 1-3-1 against them. And the Sabres look unable to break through it. And then they get frustrated, and then the game gets out of hand. This was one of those rare games. It's why maybe the Kings have been so bad lately. They're a good team. They're still in a playoff spot. But they have lost now eight of their last 11. And they called the game embarrassing. Uh, Their coach did after the game. So we know they're struggling because the Sabres pulled them out of that defensive shell. It kind of looked like a game from last year where – the Sabres would get a defensive team to open up and play more of a run-and-gun style of game. This game had 77 shots between the two teams, 40 for L.A., 37 for Buffalo, scoring chances all over the place, a lot of high-event hockey, which is not the style of hockey the Kings like to play. It's also not a style the Sabres have been able to get teams to play a lot this year. It's what made them so successful last year. But they got that style of game with a couple of goals in the second period. And you know what? They did need some goals to go in that probably shouldn't have by Cam Talbot. But I mentioned that as a storyline going into this game, that the Kings don't have the greatest of goaltending this season. And Cam Talbot has been an example of that. So, you know, Talbot probably should have stopped one of those couple of shots from the outside, maybe two of them. J.J. Paterka, both of his goals were solid. You get a rebound opportunity after he set Cousins up for a for a scoring chance, puts it home from a bad angle, top shelf, nice goal by Paterka. And then his goal to make it three to two to get the Sabres back in it midway through the second, that's a breakaway. That is him shooting behind the defense. That's Jack Quinn making an incredible defense uh, individual effort to dive for the puck to get it out to Paterka at center. And then Paterka puts it five hole as he saw it open. And Jack Quinn then followed up an assist with a goal of his own. A really nice shot. It was from a little bit of a ways away, but we're talking a bar-in goal. Bar-in to top shelf, which is really hard to do, for a sniper in Jack Quinn, his fifth of the season. So, again, one where you might want Talbot to stop that, but it's a really good shot by Quinn. Alex Tuck got a rebound goal or a puck from behind the net to, for his 13th of the year, and then Dylan Cousins um, made it 5-3. to three. With another great play by that line. Paterka behind the net, finds Cousins out in front. um, 
or no, excuse me, that's the other night. This goal was Cousins coming in by himself into the offensive zone, and he was even further out than Quinn was. But same as Quinn, he goes bar in, a goal that Talbot probably should have stopped. He should have at least stopped one of the two. A good goalie, you want to stop both of those pucks. Uh, An average goalie, maybe one. A bad goalie lets both in. Um, Because they were perfect shots, but goalies still should stop that. So they got a little bit fortunate, but they did a good job of getting them into a style of hockey like that, knowing what the goaltender was on the other side. And most importantly, it's a great game for the kid line for Cousins, Quinn, and Paterka, who have now been back together for a couple of weeks for the most part since Quinn got healthy. And you see the chemistry they have. You see that Dylan Cousins is a little bit more lively. He's got, I think, 10 points in his last 15 games since Quinn returned from injury, which is still not where he was last year, but it's a lot better than what he he was doing before that. So I think Quinn has really inspired a lot of confidence in Cousins. Paterka has just kind of been solid all year uh, with his ability to score. He's now at 16 on the season. You know, he might lead the Sabres in goals this year, uh, for sure. Um, nice to see Cousins get on the scoreboard again. Scored on Saturday night. Gets a goal here. Uh, now is ninth of the year. Just try to get back to having a respectable offensive season. By the way, I think the media made a mistake on the three stars. I have to assume they made a mistake on the three stars. Kopitar was the third star. No problem with that. He was good and he scored. Second star was Jack Quinn. No problem with that. He had a goal and two assists. The first star was Tage Thompson. And Thompson had a fine night. He was pretty good. You know, his advanced numbers were good. Um, But no goals, no assists, zero plus minus, like a goose egg across the board for Tage. And I saw that and went, how did he get voted as the number one star? I'm not even saying he wasn't good, but what did he do to get the number one star? And he didn't put anything up on the box score. I think I want to bet on the LA media made a mistake and thought they were voting for J.J. Paterka or got J.J. Paterka's number wrong. or maybe. They passed the slip down, and they accidentally put Tage on there. Maybe they thought a two can look like a seven, right? So maybe they thought it was a 72 when it was a 77 because Paterka should have been the number one star of that game, right? Undoubtedly. He had, what was it, two goals and an assist on the night, and three points, two goals, both were nice, and Thompson had zeros. I got to think they made a mistake and that Paterka was the number one star. Not that it matters. I don't think there's like incentives or anything, but an overall good game by the Sabres, I thought, uh, as they got back in it after, you know, getting down and having a pretty rough first period. When we come back, Devin Levi was pretty good on the night. I'll talk about his game, but where we're at with Levi, a check-in on him as he has not played in a while. And I've got an alarming stat for you that you might be surprised on. An unlikely or a forgotten goat. That's not the word I want. I want like someone to get blamed. You know, goat means something good now. A forgotten person that might be a big reason for why the Sabres are not in a playoff race. And there's a Devin Levi stat that kind of shows you why. That's coming up here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We are presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. We are past the midway point of the year, you know. These games are not interesting to everybody. It can be tough to watch them sometimes, but check them out in terms of some anytime goal bets. You know, that can keep you interested. Some of the puck line stuff that's out there, safe props. Plus, 
The NFL regular season, that's all wrapped up, which means it's playoff time. We're getting into the big, important games, Championship Sunday, and then, of course, the big game thereafter. It's time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets. Win or lose. The app is very easy to use. Tons of different bet options. Live same-game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. That's the best way to find popular parlays and plenty more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. If you're looking for some non-hockey talk, but some hockey talk too mixed in along the way, Locked On's launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Check them out. The local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. I'm sure they'll be talking uh, plenty about how Bill Belichick looks like he's not going to get a head coaching job uh, in this cycle. Anyways, back to Sabres and Kings. 5-3 Sabres over the Kings. And Devin Levi got back between the pipes after a pretty solid run by Uka Pekalukkanen, who I would fully expect to be back between the pipes on Saturday against San Jose. But they weren't going to play him on a back-to-back. Lukkanen had played six games in a row and seven of the previous eight. Levi had not started since January 9th. He went more than two weeks without starting for the Sabres. He did go down to Rochester, got some minutes there uh, to shake off a little bit of the rust, to keep his development at least a little bit fresh. So Levi got back in and wasn't going well early on. I would say, kind of like Talbot, two of the Levi goals, I think I want him to save, especially the Adrian Kempe goal. It's a good curled uh, toe drag by Kempe to a scoring area in the faceoff circle, but that's mano-a-mano. That's Levi against Kempe. There's no traffic in front. I I want him to square up and make that save. It's not the worst one, of course, you've ever seen, but I want him to make that save. Anyways, he lets three goals in in the first period, and it's not a good situation because UPL's been playing so much. I know the last thing Don Granada wants to do is have to put Ukapeka Lukanen back in the, the net. But three goals in the first 10 minutes. I mean, at that point, Levi is on pace to let in 18 goals on the night. You know it's not going to happen, of course. But he completely bounced back after that. I mean, he didn't allow another goal after the third one. So in the final 50 minutes of the game, zero goals allowed. And he made a lot of big saves along the way including one that I thought was very impressive where a King forward was driving to the front of the net, got in between the Sabres defenseman and Levi. I think it was Kempe and Levi poke checked to try to get it off his stick. He missed the poke check, but because of his athleticism and his flexibility, of course, he was able to stay firm with his pads post to post spread evenly and made the save and stayed firm in his stance and didn't allow a rebound to get past him. So that was only one, but there were a bunch of really nice saves that Levi made on the night. In total, the Kings had 26 scoring chances in this game. And to only allow three goals on that is a pretty solid job. Um, The save percentage ends up looking pretty good as well. So again, I think you go back to Lukanen, of course, against San Jose, and then you get the all-star break. The the Sabres don't have a back-to-back, by the way. They, he, listen to this. The Sabres don't... It's it's January 25th today. 
Lee, the Sabres don't have a back-to-back until March 3rd. March 2nd and 3rd. Over a month. So, they might have a decision to make. They have one more game here, then the All-Star break, and then all of February is either one day in between or multiple days in between. And if Lukanen keeps playing well, and they want to keep riding him as the number one, you got to send Levi to Rochester. You know, I think he deserves to be up here and to get some games. But Lukanen deserves to play every game he can until he starts, you know, not performing. And if that's the case, until Lukanen struggles, I think you send Levi down to Rochester because he's got to get games. You can't have him go a month plus without playing hockey. So that would be my preference in saying that. And keep in mind, I'm not saying to play Eric Comrie at all. I found some pretty interesting stats on Devin Levi today and Lukanen as I was kind of looking through some goalie stats. How are the Sabres goalies performing this year? So the first thing I do is I go and look at save percentage. Okay. Uh, Goals against average, throw it out the window. It's a horrible stat. Even save percentage is a little bit incomplete, but it's better. So save percentage on the year. Okay. Lukanen, unsurprisingly, best Sabre, a 908 save percentage. Solid. Levi, an 891. Eh, Not as great. Levi's record, 9-7-2 this year. Lukanen, 11-11-2. And then I go to look at goal saved above expected. Uh, Before that, actually, sorry, quality start percentage. How consistent are you? Lukanen has a quality start 63% of his starts. Levi, 42%. Comrie, 28%, if you're wondering. About what you would expect, same thing. Then I go to look at what I think is the most telling stat about goaltenders other than watching the games and watching film. The most telling stat on the Sabres goaltenders. I'm looking through and I see, okay, let me go to seven games because that's the few, that's the amount of games that Eric Comrie's played this year. So I get every Sabre ranked on this list. Seven game minimum out of 71 goaltenders. All right, where do they rank? And I scroll down and I see, okay, Ukepeka Lukanen is 32nd. Maybe I thought he'd be a little bit higher, but that's good. That's a starting caliber goaltender in the NHL. That's an above a slightly above average goaltender against slightly um, out of 71. In fact, by the way, it's the same number in goal save above expected as Igor Shesterkin, who's having a little bit of a down year, but Lukanen has been good. So then I don't have to scroll much further. I get to 35th out of 71. There's Devin Levi. Little surprising. He's that close to Lukanen for every 60 minutes. Lukanen saves 0.1 goals above expected and Levi saves 0.08 goals above expected. So I'm just thinking, I haven't even scrolled down yet to see where Comrie is. And I'm like, okay, they have two goaltenders that are about average middle of the pack out of 71. Technically both are slightly above average. Two slightly above average goaltenders. How is it possible that they're not even in the race? Then I scroll down, and I scroll down some more, and I scroll down some more. 70th out of 71. There is Eric Comrie. Eric Comrie allows .75 goals above expected for every start he has. Essentially, Comrie's almost allowing a goal per game more than he should. And for that, he's the second worst goaltender in hockey that has played seven games this year, at least. 
Then I go to look at the records of these players. Here's what I found. The point pace in the Eastern Conference this year is 92. The Devils right now, because of their points percentage being higher than Detroit, they played fewer games. 92 points right now is the bar, the projected bar to reach to make the playoffs. The Sabres point pace this year in just starts by Ukepekalukkanen and Devin Levi is 88 points. That's not a playoff pace. It's an in-the-race pace, though, and they're not in the race right now. 88 points would be on the doorstep. They're not in the playoff race. There are other reasons, too. Scoring is number one. But on the list, statistically, fact, you can just look at it and make this determination. The Buffalo Sabres are not in the playoff race right now because they waited too long to get rid of Eric Comrie. And I'm guilty of this, too. I'm almost mad at them because they allowed me to get convinced that Comrie could be on the team from what he did in the preseason. But, hey, let's take the preseason pledge. Preseason doesn't matter. You shouldn't make decisions based on it. The Sabres, I said last year, I should have stuck to my guns. After he allowed Eric Comrie 10 goals to the Dallas Stars, I said he should never suit up in a Sabres uniform again. And they allowed him to. They didn't waive him during the offseason. That's what they should have done. And I can look at the numbers, their point pace without him, and tell you, pretty matter-of-factly, had they waived Eric Comrie in the offseason, like they should have, and not allowed us all to get convinced that he might have something there in the preseason, then the Sabres would be in the playoff race right now. They'd be a lot closer. They might be three points away instead of seven. They might be four points away instead of seven. By the math, they'd be two points away. So just looking at the goaltending situation, Levi's been fine this year. You know, the, the numbers, the advanced numbers, the above expected, you know, shows that he's getting more chances against him than Lukanen is when he's in. But either way, Lukanen has been great. Levi's been fine this year. Comrie's been horrible. I still, though still would tell you that if they're going to ride the UPL, call Comrie up, let him sit on the bench. I don't want him in games unless the game's out of hand. And at that point, I probably don't care anyway, right? Because you're probably down five to one or something. So call Comrie up for the all-star break and after put him on the bench, never play him. Let Levi get the games in Rochester. The moment Don Granado decides I want to play the backup, you call Levi up and you put him in. That's, to me, what the strategy should be with goaltender the rest of the way. Make sure Levi gets his games to develop. Make sure he's the guy that starts when UPL doesn't. Marry those two things together. And don't let Eric Comrie back between the pipes again unless a game is out of hand. That would be my strategy going forward. So, check in on Devin Levi. I think it's going better than some of his numbers on the surface might tell you. Time out here when we come back. A little bit of a deeper dive into the playoff race. Again, I mentioned this earlier. It kind of looks like they could still be in it, but it's harder than it looks. Time out here. Back with that on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We are presented by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global visitors every month, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree 
that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Just go to Indeed.com slash LockedOn right now. Support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on the Lockdown Savers podcast. Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Final segment here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Check out our text line. Join subtext.com slash Lockdown Sabres. Become a sortie today. One sortie texted in. The season is not over. Not worth my time and energy, though. I'll follow, but not feel the need to want to watch every single game or read every single article. Depending on the outcome of this road trip, so we're already two through it, might be a good time for a firing getting back from San Jose with the all-star break after I've mentioned this before. I'll mention it again. I don't think they would do a firing until after the season. And I'm not sure how badly you want them to fire Don Granado. They're not going to fire Kevin Adams right now. I don't know how badly you want them to fire Don Granado because I feel pretty confident at this point, not that it'll be Matt Ellis, but that Seth Appert of the Amherst will be the guy that comes in for Granado. Appert's also a developmental coach. And I don't think you're getting anything different with Appert than you're getting with Granado. So if you want a new coach, I think you might want to be a little bit patient with given the Sabres, you know, expectations and wait till the off season. So it is worth mentioning though, that right now Don Granado is the betting favorite to be the next coach fired at plus plus one twenty five, almost even money. But I would not bet that because I think someone else will get fired this season and Granado, you know, the, the conversation will happen after the year, the playoff race right now, they won against LA. So you look at it right now, and where are they? They are seven points back of a playoff spot on January 25th. And on the surface, if I say that, you look at that and say, okay, it's not over. You're a win streak away. They've been a win streak away all season, but you could still say it. They're a win streak away from making up seven points. Teams have made up seven points before at this point in the year. It's pretty rare, but it's happened. Sometimes when those teams make up seven points, there are only one or two or three teams in between themselves and the playoff team. In this case, it's different. You don't have to only pass one, two, or three teams. To make the playoffs, you've got to pass five teams. You've got to make up seven points on the Red Wings, who right now have the second playoff spot. And you can't have anybody else go on a run. And that's where I get tripped up. It's why I don't see it being realistic to make it. The Sabres have not proven that they can go on a stretch that can make up that ground in the first place. And two, it's not about the Red Wings for me. Actually, it's about the Devils. The Devils are two points back of the Red Wings, but they do have two games in hand. They have three games in hand on the Sabres and are five points above Buffalo. I could see the Sabres catching the Red Wings, actually. I really could. I don't think the Red Wings are that good. I think they get very lucky. They have a very high shooting percentage. They have a very high save percentage with players that have proven to not sustain the the level that they're showing in those numbers. 
I don't think the Red Wings make it. I think the Devils make it. The Devils are proved last year to be a great, young, exciting, fast, fun hockey team. And this year, they've been perfect even when healthy, but a lot of their downfall came from injuries. They've had a lot of important injuries. I mean, Jack Hughes headlines that earlier in the year of injuries that they tried to overcome. So now they're healthier. And I think you can't trust that they're going to go 40 games or 30, 38 games between now and the end of the season without going on at least one hot stretch. I think the devils are going to get in and that's where I don't see the playoffs and making up seven points being realistic for the Sabres. It's if it were all bad to average teams that I don't think, you know, are, or that I do think are catchable, then I could get there. Like, I could see them catching the Red Wings. I could see them catching the Islanders, who they're five points back of. I could see them catching the Capitals, who they're four points back of, for sure. I could totally see them catching Pittsburgh, who they're only two points back of and has been struggling a lot. The Devils are my problem. I think the Devils are still legitimately really good. And I think they're going to get in. I don't think they make up five points on the Devils with three games in hand New Jersey has on Buffalo. That's where I get tripped up. So... If they put a win streak together, one, I'll be surprised because I haven't seen anything yet this year that implies that that's going to happen. And two, we could fire it back up. But until until they go on at least a four or five game win streak, I don't think the playoffs are a conversation that could be had. I think we're going to head to the trade deadline in a little over a month, and we're going to be talking about selling parts. I think that's where we're going to end up. Hopefully I'm wrong. They can they can get within five with a win over the Sharks on Saturday. They need some help between now and then also. Um, but it is theoretically possible that they could get to the All-Star break down five points, and that might make everybody feel a little bit better, I'm sure. So bad team they're playing at San Jose. Root against the Red Wings, root against the Devils, and maybe we can uh we can we can extend this conversation just a little bit into the All-Star break. Sabres in Sharks, Saturday at 4 o'clock. We'll talk more about that game on tomorrow's show. That's going to do it for us, though, today here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Again, if you want more on other big stories in the NHL, there's a sexual assault case happening right now in London, Ontario. There is the Utah expansion story, but, of course, plenty more on coaching cycle in the NFL, championship Sunday coming up. Uh, NFL playoffs, NBA big game. Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. They are the first ever national 24-7 channel on YouTube. Uh, Go to Locked On Sports Today and YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel. I'll talk to you tomorrow here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.